the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. London Free Press Podcast to wrap up the week here, and we are talking about the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. we got a big one. Uh, Jane Sims is joining us, and she is uh, joining me to have a conversation, fresh off her conversation with the Prime Minister of Canada. So that's a big story. Jane, thank you very much for being part of the podcast today. Oh, Craig, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what was the conversation with the Prime Minister like? Obviously, we're focused on what's going on with the pandemic, as as he should be, as uh, any politician should be. Tell us about that conversation. Well, I will tell you that that he was virtually in London today meeting with healthcare workers at uh, at the London Health Sciences Centre and, and St. Joseph Health, Health Centre. So, uh, so, St. Joseph Healthcare, I should say. Um, basically, he wanted to talk to them about the strategies they're using, to thank them, and, you know, to, you know, to do what I think Justin Trudeau does very well, which is is be, uh, be a, you know, I'll say it, a cheerleader, a supporter, mm-hmm. a, to buck up everybody to make sure that, uh, that we are indeed doing the things that we need to do to get rid of or get past this pandemic. Uh, out of that, we had a discussion um, about... Uh, what he he sees the federal government's role is bef- uh, early in the pandemic and what it is now. And basically, it's the same thing. He, he sees the federal government being able to provide the tools to the provinces to be able to get through this. And I know right now in Ontario, obviously, as we're seeing across Canada, except maybe the Maritimes, who seem to have a formula that's working pretty well, mm-hmm. um, uh, that we're seeing these spikes in cases, and he is—he—he he, he was going to be meeting with the premiers tonight on a, on a on a call, and I asked him what the message was going to be, and particularly in light of what Premier Ford says, which is he's putting the economy basically on the same level as as public health, and I, I'm just looking at, at at his response now, and what he says is is you know that he doesn't think there's a, deg- a disagreement anywhere. Um, uh, about the fact that we need to both save lives and protect the economy. But he said, we all agree that we have to do those two things together. I just think it's really, really important to understand that the best way to save everything necessary to save lives now and to control the spread of COVID now. And basically he's saying, we're not going to get the economy back if the pandemic is still raging across the country. So... It is a different tack than what what Premier Ford, I am sensing, is up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the press conferences he's having every day, I, I think, Craig, you've watched some of them, and so have I. It's usually framed around a budget goodie that is uh, that that came out in the in, in the latest budget with questions surrounding the pandemic. And I know today he made mention that perhaps. Uh, uh, you know, the, he he does not want. I think the the term was he does not want. They want the nanny state in, interfering with healthcare in Ontario. But he also mentioned that perhaps the federal government might be able to uh, provide more health uh, Canadian health transfers. Uh, I asked that of the prime minister, and he said, "Look, we've done that twice already." And he said, "You know, I will." And I'll say exactly what he said to me. I've done it twice, but you know. You know, um, uh, you know, we're, you know, if if we need to do it again, I'm open to it. So, 
the bottom line I'm getting from Premier, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is that is that okay, this isn't over, and we're still going to be there to support whatever needs that the provinces have. Yeah, I uh, understand that. And you're right that it's not the same message that we're hearing uh, provincially right now because we're, we're seeing in the province of Ontario, we're essentially setting a new case record every day. And we've got stories about the premier and the cabinet not listening to experts and, and, and things along those lines. So there's a lot of angst, I think, in the province of Ontario. Uh, did you talk about that much with the prime minister? Because there's a lot of people uh, here in this province that are, are, are concerned, obviously. Um, absolutely. But I, I think what I'm, I'm hearing from the prime minister is like, Liz, like, look, health care belongs to the provinces and it's mm-hmm. not up to me to, to, to interfere. And I can't just, you know, I, I can't barrel in and do anything about whatever fight that the that 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 word that they're having at the tables in, in the province at, at, the, at the medical table. What he, what he says is, is I will follow the lead of the province of what they need. Uh, he and he mentioned the fact that uh, Premier Ford had asked for, uh, for 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 testing, and he got they, they got the testing that they needed. He's asked for PPE, and they they flooded the province with PPE. He's making it clear that he'll do anything that the province asks to put to to get it under to get the pandemic under control. Uh, but again, he made it perfectly clear. That unless you're going to control the pandemic, you're never going to get we're never going to get the finances back it back in order. Right, and that's what I think we've been hearing from advocates uh, on the on the healthcare side for a long time. That uh, hey, unless we've got a situation where we have limited the spread of this, it doesn't matter which businesses are open, doesn't matter what our situation is going to be when it comes to bars, restaurants, gyms, whatever it happens to be. It's it's not going to be stable until we figured out a way to to keep this under control or until a vaccine arrives. And and hey, maybe that arrives in the spring, but we don't know that. So uh, it, it can't just be a matter of hey, we've got to ignore the pandemic to to, to solve the economic issue because the two go hand in hand. I think that the prime minister understands that and uh, and and certainly mentioned that to you today well and i also think that you know in, in talking with alex summers yesterday from the local health unit the associate medical officer of health he made a point to me about at some point as as we as our caseloads get bigger and bigger cracks are going to open we're not going to be able to contact trace like like we have been we're not going to be able to to find the sources of transmission and unless we can figure all that out and, and have the means to do so, we're looking at not just a long winter, but a really scary winter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and yeah. I, 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 the prime minister, does he seem as though he's, he's in preparation for that? Just when you, when, when you had a chance yeah. to talk to him today? Well, I asked him what, how, he, how, how uh, uh, he sees us celebrating the holiday season. And he said, look, we're going to have to be careful and you're going to have to balance off reconnecting with family and friends with with the risk of, of spreading the virus to, the, to that same family and friends and you know he said look you know like like i think you got to look at it this way if if you know look at the holiday season but think about we want to be able to celebrate valentine's day and the coming of spring and all those things and is that is that worth the risk and i think we talk about risk assessment all the time right mm-hmm. and he's he's posing that same um that same same uh, comparison to the to Canadians. Is it worth it? Is it worth a dinner, a, a Christmas dinner, if it's going to spread? If, it, if, it, if there's going to be another uptick in cases, and that's something that we're all going to have to grapple with, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, it, it's going to be difficult, and I think it's going to be difficult for a lot of people. And and uh, and I don't know what uh, your typical Christmas is like, Jane, but at uh, my house we have uh, uh, typically have my parents and my siblings over for Christmas Eve. Then we go to my wife's parents' place for Christmas Day, and then we have sort of a big family thing on Boxing Day. And and, and none of that stuff is going to happen this year, it seems, and that's going to be really difficult for a lot of people. And uh, sadly, I think that we've just got to be starting to emotionally brace for it now, right? Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's, you know, we wanted to ask that question of him because uh, of, of, of the prime minister, because, of course, he takes the lead. Right. He's the guy that, that takes the lead on all this. I also asked him about, you know, if he had anything to say can, to say to our our, you know, our anti restriction protests that we've mm-hmm. seen over the past little while, uh, particularly that big one in Elmer and how there seems to be a bit of a steamroll on that. And he said, listen. I get it, right? I get people are frustrated and they're angry and they want to lash out. And, you know, it, it may seem like a weird thing to say that a face mask is going to be able to, to stop the transmission of something that you can't see. But he says it does. And he said, look, the government can do all kinds of things. We can we can flood the zone with 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 funding for testing and PPE and and put restrictions in place and all those things. But bottom line is it is an individual responsibility. And he's asking that uh, people take that on. And for the most part, we have, Craig, I mean, mm-hmm. look at us. Look at you and me talking on a Zoom call, right? <laughs> this is not how I'm used to recording things, but uh, that's how we're doing it now. I'm used to being able to sit across the table from a person, but that's not what we're doing now. Right, yep. right. So... Uh, the one other thing I asked him about, and because I I was curious about his, you know, I wanted to ask about the Canada-U.S. border, mm-hmm. and if that came up in his discussions with President-elect Joe Biden, he said, well, obviously the one, the only way we're going to be able to open the border is if we get this thing under control, and that's you know obvious. But he said I did bring it up with 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 the president-elect, and we're going to keep working together, and we're going to help each other on both sides. But you know, we're going to keep a close watch on the situation, and we're not going to do anything unless we think it's safe for, for Canadians. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, a lot of Canadians want to hear. And, and, and I don't sense this, and, and maybe you've seen some of it, but I sense some resistance to, hey, wear a mask when you go to the grocery store. Even though I don't understand it, I see the resistance, or we see the Elmer lockdown thing. I don't sense a lot of res- uh, resistance in the in the country right now to, hey, we're going to close the U.S. border. Most people seem to be okay with that. And usually when you see this, the, the story about, oh, we've extended it for another month, if you look at the comment sections, good, 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 good. So I don't feel like there's a lot of political pressure on them to reopen that anytime soon well i also think it's because of the the flood of information we get from the united states and sort of that dumpster fire that does not seem to to die down over there i i I, you know i mean i'm i'm i am alarmed in understanding that you know every i think pretty much every state in the in the union now is is blinking red with cases i know north dakota is now uh they have no more hospital beds and they are actually having uh, you know, their their asymptomatic uh, medical staff can come back because they just don't have enough healthcare workers. And you know that could happen to us too if we're not careful. Given given the, the kinds of spikes we're seeing, if we go up to you know fifteen hundred cases today, it's 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 alarming. It's alarming. Yeah, well, it certainly is. And uh, yeah, 1,500 cases is just uh, a, a huge number. And then some of the models that we're talking about here in Ontario as well, whereas we're talking about, oh yeah, this could be two or three times worse as we get into December. Uh, people are people are scared. People are afraid. And I'm sure the prime minister senses that. I'm sure that everyone senses that. But people are worried about what things are going to look like in a few weeks here. 
Absolutely. And I, I also, I, I, I am still though on the side of, you know, I can, I, I'm not a small business owner and mm. I can sympathize. I know it's hard and this is difficult, but my big concern is school. We've got to keep those schools open for the kids. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'll hide in the basement here for a long time if I can make sure that the kids get to go to school. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think that's sort of really important part of all this. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, worth the uh, the quote unquote hiding time, if, uh, if if that's what we want to call it. Uh, what else uh, did the prime minister mention in regards to what's going on here in Ontario or or, or locally here? Of course, there's the there's the uh, economic balance. That's a big part of it. Uh, do you think that the government is satisfied with where they're at right now? Obviously, the opposition, the NDP and the Conservatives will tell you, hey, they've made this this mistake that's uh, that's incorrect or that mistake. But do you sense that the the prime minister and, and by extension, the government are OK with the way that they've rolled things out so far? Because we're all kind of just sort of guessing as we go here. Well, I have to say, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, when you, when you talk to him, I mean, I don't think, I, I, I think he, he, he is rightful in this, in that he, he's, he's proud of the government response to it, from the CERB to the, the improvements to EI to the agreements he's made with the provinces. And, and you know, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, you know, I, obviously part of his job is to be a salesman. Like, let's, let's be clear, that's part of the job of a politician. But generally, you know, in my discussion with him, I think he's 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 very pleased with how, you know, how, what what the response has been and, and and how his government has 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 tackled this, as well as the partnership is, that he's had right, uh, you know, with with all of the provinces in working together to try to figure out solutions to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely uh, definitely something to think about uh, and, just because yeah, we, we have to work those, together. Yeah. yeah. You think about those early days, right? I mean, how quickly they rolled out the serve, how quickly, you know, that the, there were, there were, you know, I mean, I don't think I can remember maybe, and I'm, and I don't know if you can either, but I cannot remember a time uh, where we have been that united around what our governments were doing. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, that there was a, there was a real sense that we were, we were trying to, to beat something back and took some pride in that. Now I think that that is, there's there's some chinks in the armor right now, given yes. how the second wave has looked like. But clearly, I think that I, the, the impression I got from the prime minister is this: Look, we're in the middle of this. We're in the middle of this fight, uh, and the role of the federal government is to support the provinces and in, in the decisions that they make. And we need to get this under control, and we're going to do it. Yeah, I very much hope we can. Uh, before we wrap up here, Jane, I want to ask you because I know that uh, I've had people ask me about this on, on Twitter, and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, when we're looking at, hey, what if we were to close this business for a while, or that business for a while, and you mentioned CERB, is is there something like CERB that perhaps is being discussed or talked about here? Did the Prime Minister get into anything like that as far as what it might look like if we have to uh, uh, really uh, increase or ramp up restrictions uh, in some parts of the country, at least here in Ontario and probably elsewhere, in you know the, the rest of November and the December or January? Well, you know, they, 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 they remember the, uh, the 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 feds did flood the zone with money on that on that right. say that 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 safe return agreement, and and safe return funds. Now, I I I don't know specifically, given that we haven't really closed up anything that you know, we haven't uh, we haven't an, entered code red here and here in southwestern Ontario, but you know the impression I get I, I I think that what the prime minister is trying to telegraph to Premier Ford is. You need some help. You got to tell me, right? Right. 
This is not this. You don't have to make this an either or proposition. So so let me know what you need and we'll figure out how to help everybody out. Yeah, I think that's as uh, as good as you can do because you, you can't just walk in and say, okay, here's some money and you're going to do this with the money. It's not quite how the provincial right. and federal agreements work. So it's got to be a matter of everyone being on the same page and, and, and hopefully we can get that. Because as I said, I think there are a lot of people in this province who are concerned right now. Well, you know, Premier Ford was was like, may I, may I be so bold as to say, doing a little bit of a bellyache today mm-hmm. about how many phone calls he's getting. And I, I, when I was watching that press conference, he said, I'm getting two or three, two to three hundred phone calls a day. Well, yeah, because people are scared. But, you know, he and he he was very disappointed about these stories about people going to weddings and people going to restaurants and and kind of giving sort of that stern dad talk that you give about, come on, guys, you're not supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. But that's not solving the problem. And and, you know, this is this is this is a hard problem. This is really difficult because. There's a lot of individual responsibility that has to come with this. And it, it may not matter how much money floods the zone on this or how much support we give to businesses, unless we stop the community transmission, which right now we're seeing here is happening in private residences with non-regulated family and friend gatherings. Unless that kind of responsibility is there, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Yeah, you know, you might be right because it's a, a lot of it is, as you said, you know, re- gatherings and residences and things along those lines. And no matter how much money you put into the restaurant industry, that just simply that's still going to go on. So while I think the government does bear some responsibility here, at the same time, we all bear responsibility too. We, we and and we hear it all the time, and we've been hearing it for months. We're all in this together, but we quite literally are. So it's a it's a it's a group effort here. Well, you know, the other day uh, at the not today's press conference with uh, the health unit, but the one earlier in the week, uh, Mayor Ed, Ed Holder talked about how bylaw officers went out and investigated 100 different places, community centers, arenas, uh, businesses, did all those things. And there were no tickets. There were none. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the, the bottom line is, is that places that have protocols in place, like arenas or like a community center or, you know, that works. And, and the health unit will tell you that those things work. The problem is it's people who travel like, you know, uh, Dr. Summers said to me, you know, truck drivers, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, restaurant workers, people who are out in the community, they're taking it home and they're spreading it within their, with their own, within their own bubble, <clears throat> even in the schools. They're, they're seeing the schools to be a, a bit of a, it, it's a success story. Mm-hmm. I know we're seeing cases now, the transmission is not happening at school. Yeah. The transmission is happening outside of the school and it's being picked up at school. Yeah, no, definitely. And the fact that we haven't seen big outbreaks at uh, at most of the schools, and when you, usually when we do have an outbreak at a school or a case at a school, it's one or two cases at this particular school, and then they you know, take care of it. I was at the park the other day, and uh, a little boy was playing with my kids, and I was asking his dad, like, okay, what's, the, what's going on with your kid's school? And he's like, well, actually, he's not going back till Wednesday because they had an outbreak. Uh, but then as far as I know, they go back and everything's fine. Just, you know, they, yeah. there's one, one student and then they take that kid out of class for a couple of weeks, which is not fun for that kid, obviously, but that's the way things are going to go and, uh, and, and get back at it. So the, the school thing, as much as there was some concern about it and I, I get it, it doesn't seem to be our issue right now. It's, uh, it's elsewhere. That's the problem. I agree. Absolutely. I think so, too. I think so, too. We'll leave it there because just because we're uh, we're up against it. Uh, Jane, thank you so much for uh, talking with us today. Anything else about your chat with the prime minister you wanted to uh, to make sure we mention here on the London Free Press podcast before we wrap up? 
Yeah, well, I, I have to say it's 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 always an interesting to have that kind of opportunity to talk to someone uh, in power like that. I it, it was uh, he was gracious. He's very uh, he he talked about how impressed he was with our local healthcare providers, and uh, I think that you know he has faced this challenge head on, and he's proud to talk about the things that we've done well. But he's also willing to stand up and say we got to do a whole lot more. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's a great spot to leave it. Jane, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. No problem, Craig. Thanks. That's Jane Sims, a London Free Press reporter and columnist, joining us here on the London Free Press podcast. You can find what she wrote about her conversation with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on lfpress.com right now and in the, fa- in the pages of the London Free Press. Thank you very much for listening to the program today. Of course, if you uh, want to subscribe, we hope that you do. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Uh, a lot of folks listening to us on YouTube. You can find us on the pages of lfpress.com as well. So lots of different ways to get the London Free Press podcast to you. We'll be back with another couple of episodes next week. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time here on the London Free Press podcast. <laughs>